Leslie's is bringing back Pro Days. Leslie's Pro customers can take advantage of chemical early buys, liquid subscription services in selected markets, and the newly launched Relager Rewards program. Ask your local store or salesperson to learn more. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of this podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some steps you may want to take if you're going to make the jump from pool service to actually building pools and moving from the service side to the construction side. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And I was just asked recently, you know, how easy is it to make the jump from service to building? I wouldn't say that it's complicated, but there are a lot of steps involved in switching from a service side, from the service side of the business to the building side of the business. You can do maybe a hybrid at first to see, you know, maybe to get rid of your route and free yourself up to be able to do this. Or if you want to keep your route, build pools, you'll have to find reliable help to take over the route while you focus on building. You wouldn't be able to do both, I don't think, because they're both pretty time consuming and take a lot of effort And besides that, you want to focus all your resources on one thing only. I always talk about being very narrow in your services and what you offer. So if you're offering building, you don't want to probably do the service side yourself either. The hybrid I mentioned is maybe working for a builder, doing all the equipment installs for for them. And this is pretty lucrative, at least in my area of California. The builders are behind on their schedule and they have a lot of jobs. And there's a lot of work available. So if you want to install pumps, motors, filters, heaters, automated systems all day long, you can probably connect with a local builder and do that no problem. And that will free you up from the route and it also brings some income in. And you'll definitely get some first-hand knowledge of the building process because you're going to be on site. You're going to meet all the subcontractors and you're going to kind of know the process that the builder goes through. And I think it's a great way to kind of transition into it. Besides that, you need to be a general contractor. And the only way to be a general contractor, in California at least, is if you are working underneath a contractor and they kind of sponsor you. They they uh, write that you worked X amount of hours for them. So that would be a great transition into the industry of building because then you're going to get your hours legitimately underneath the general contractor. And in California, the build pools, you're going to need the C53 license. A lot of pool pros have the D35 license to do repairs. The C53 license is the one you're going to need if you want to build pools. And it consists of multiple choice questions. 115 is consisting of law. And then the trade exam varies, maybe 110 to 120 questions. The test is timed. You have three and a half hours to complete it. It's all multiple choice. And so basically, you know, if you're good at test taking, you probably will do better than others. Now, if English is not your first language, it's only given in English. But you're allowed to actually bring a translator. I don't know how that works, but I know that the test is only in English. So a lot of people will have trouble with that aspect of it if it's not your first language. So there's courses you can take, of course, to get 
your contractor's license to do that. And in Cal, every state's probably a little different. So check with your state to see what license you're going to need. Now, if you're a general contractor, you can probably pretty much do anything. But if you just want to get a specific license to construct pools and install solar heating equipment, then you would need the C53 pool contractor's license. And again, it depends on how good you are at taking tests, if you will pass it or fail it. I think if you're in the industry and you've been building, I mean, if you've been around builders and worked with them, you would have some idea of some of the general knowledge of this of what you need to do. But I think you would want to take one of these prep courses. That way you have a better chance of passing the first time you take the test. And once you get your license, you probably would want to shadow a builder or join a program where they teach you. If you go to the Las Vegas Pool Show, the international show, there's a lot of builder-oriented content there. The Western Pool and Spa Show in California is moving that way. There's quite There was quite a lot of builder seminars and courses at the Western Show this year. I would expect next year for them to expand it even more because they were pretty popular, even with the pool pros that wanted to sit in and learn about pool surface types and all the aspects of building. They were ready, readily available here in Long Beach this year. But I think the international show in Las Vegas this year in November is probably your best chance of getting some of the builder seminars and learning more about building and transitioning into the building side of things. It's really a completely different aspect going from service to building. You're going to, of course, have more liability. If, As you know, as a service pro, whenever there's something wrong with a new build, the customer will either blame you and then you're going to blame the builder and then you're going to be the builder. And so you're going to have to deal with getting some of the blame if there's a problem with maybe... They don't like the way the plaster came out. There's too much modeling. Not much you can do about that. But there may be some real defects in the build. Because you're dealing with a lot of subcontractors, every phase of the build is a subcontractor. I had a customer that actually had his pool built, and he acted as the contractor. You can do that in California, by the way. You can go down to the city, and you can sign for permits as either the homeowner or as the general contractor. Not every state you can do that, I don't think, but in California you can. So he went down to the city, he filed all the paperwork himself, and then he hired all the subcontractors, one after the other. Now, the one I think he failed at was the equipment subcontractor because he got really bad equipment. He had a Pentair FNS filter, with he had a, a Hayward automated system, and it was like all of a Frankenstein-type system. I think the guy he hired just put in whatever equipment he had laying around, basically, So you got to be careful if you even think about doing this yourself. But this is just a warning to you as the person building the pool that a lot of the liability has to do with the subcontractors you hire at every stage of the build. Most builders will also build a customer in stages, and so you're going to get a deposit. And then each time there's a stage that needs to be done, you're going to build a customer and they pay you for that. Now here's where some problems happen, and I've seen this happen many times out there where the customer doesn't like something that's happening with the build. They'll, they want to change something. You're too far in there to change it. And then the whole project stops and no one's getting paid at that point. It becomes a mess. I've had two pools that I ran into where the customer had this problem. And it's kind of messy. The other problem that could happen is that if you're building these pools and you're relying on these payments and you don't have a huge surplus of cash to access, what could happen is that you can easily be out of business 
if maybe payments fall behind, you can't pay the subcontractors, you're behind schedule on something and the payment's not coming in from the customer. So it's a very dangerous thing also to consider. With the service route, you just have to get paid every month by the customer. You have, you know, a surplus of money coming in because you have plenty of clients that are paying you. When you're building pools, you're focused primarily on the ones you're building, collecting the money. Yes, it's a big amount of money. And once you get it, you're fine. But then again, on the flip side, it's a big amount of money. If you're not getting that money, then everything comes to a standstill. So back when they had the recession here in 2007 through 2011, roughly, I would say those were the years where a lot of the builders went out of business. And the reason why they went out of business was because people pretty much stopped the build because they were having financial problems themselves. And maybe their house value was dropping dramatically. They didn't have the equity that they could draw from. So they pretty much stopped the project maybe at the first stage or the second stage. The problem is if you're a builder and you have seven or eight of these and they stop construction on them, and maybe you have two or three that are still going forward, those seven or eight that you're not getting the money on really hurts your business. And if you're really debt heavy, meaning that you borrowed a lot of money or didn't have a lot of cash and you're relying on these payments, what happens is that you're out of business within you know three or four months. And this happened to many, many builders here. There was one in particular here. I don't want to mention the name of the builder. He may be listening, but he uh, left a lot of pools unfinished in Southern California. And it just was a total disaster. He got some money from the customers. A lot of the pools weren't finished. A lot of builders actually went back in there and finished the pools for him. But it happened to a lot of big companies in Southern California. It just disappeared. They no longer existed because they were relying on these payments from the customers without a lot of cash. The only builders that actually survived were the builders that, you know, had their own tractors, had their own crews maybe, and ha- had a lot of cash and weren't debt heavy. Because if you're doing the subcontracting, you're sub- subcontracting every stage of the project from digging the pool all the way to the finished product. But if you have some of that in-house, like if you have your own tractor and you dig the pool, you save some money there, you're not renting the equipment. So there's all ways to actually save money while you're while you're as the contractor. But a lot of people just sub everything out because it's much easier. The danger, like I mentioned, with building a pool with on the building side is if the money's not rolling in on the steady on a steady rate, you have a much more dramatic effect than if you were doing the service side. So keep that in mind that it's a whole different ball game as far as making money. Now the margins in building are incredible. I mean, just in the last five, I guess maybe six or seven years, the price of a build has quadrupled. So a pool that was built 10 years ago for 30000 is probably going to cost 130000 And it's just a matter of the cost of the materials. Everything has gone up dramatically. The cost of labor. So there is some more margin because when you're building a pool for 30000 there's not much margin there. When you're building a pool for 130000 and by the way, this is, this is the same exact pool that 10 years ago cost 30000 to build, now costs 130000 to build. There's more margin in there. So there's more room for you not to get payments and still survive. But then on the flip side of that, if we do go into another downturn, which I would say I wouldn't think is going to be as dramatic as 2007, 2008, 2009. Those were really dramatic recession years. If you went through the kind of recession after that, there's been a few small ones. You know they weren't that severe, and so maybe a few projects stopped. But the majority of them continued, 
because people want their pool built. And I think as long as the real estate market is still going up 4 5 6% a year, there's still going to be plenty of equity for people to draw on to build that pool. And so I wouldn't worry too much about any kind of major pullback. But whenever there is a dip or recession, you should be prepared for it because there's going to be some pullback in the building. Now, one way to survive that is to keep your service route and rely on the income from the service route to help you through those lean times. Maybe when you don't have a lot of pools being built, you can still do the service route with employees, not yourself, but having employees run it and having that income still on the side. So that may be something to consider if you can find good help to keep the service end of it going and continue while you're building, you'd have that income because the service side is pretty insulated from recessions, meaning that you may lose an account here or there, but it's not going to be anything dramatic or beyond like 10% of your route. Whereas in building, all of it can come to a standstill and it could be a dramatic hit on your income. So something to consider, either having a huge amount of cash that can sustain you or a business bringing in some cash on the side or having the service side of the route still bringing in the money so that you can weather those lean times. I think the biggest advantage you're going to have when you're building pools coming from the service end of it is you're going to know more or less what you liked on a pool build and what you didn't like on a pool build. I can't tell you how many times I've been to a pool that was newly built and I didn't like where they put the skimmer. I didn't like where they put the equipment. I was scratching my head thinking, why in the world would they put the equipment here? But they did. The customer okayed it. Especially if you have a System 3 filter with the eight clamps and they put it right up against the wall and there's no way to access the last clamp that happens all the time. It's really annoying right up against the house. And I always think they build these things without thinking about the service guy, obviously. Now that's the subcontractor's problem. And if you're in charge of everything, you can actually fix all these defects that you notice on your route. A lot of times I wonder about why they put the pool in the location they put it, why they picked that particular shape. And if you're the builder, you can suggest things to correct these problems that you see out there as a service technician. So I think a lot of times as the builder, now coming from the service end, you know what pools you like, and you can maybe steer your clients towards those pools. I mean, if I were to build a pool and I would suggest builds for people, I would definitely suggest a dark pebble tech surface, rectangular with a rectangular spa with an automatic cover. And that would be like every pool I build. I love the auto covers, the pools with the auto covers because they stay clean all week. They stay warmer. They're of course safe for pets and kids. And the Pebble Tech surface is definitely the most durable and the one you're going to have the least problems with as far as modeling, defects of plaster. And so all day long, I'd be selling these rectangular pools or rectangular spas with auto covers. And that would be my preferred pool. But of course, not everyone's going to like that. But I'm just saying, you know what pools you like. You know what designs you like. You know what plaster you don't like, which is like the light gray plaster. And you would never recommend that to anyone building a pool. And of course, the white plaster is really easy. And no one warranties a white plaster jobs anymore anyway. You'd also know what equipment you would like. You would know where to put the equipment. So all, all of these, you would guide the subcontractors, of course. You would also know where to put the return jets, where you'd like the skimmer, all the things that you notice that are kind of defects, not really defects, I should say, but maybe the builder was not on a service end when he started and maybe he got away from it or maybe he just lets the subcontractors do whatever. 
So you would have more control, of course, over the entire build process. And with the service background, I think you're going to really bring a lot for your clients and you're going to bring a lot to the actual build. But of course, you have to also realize that there's more liability because if something does go wrong, you're holding the bag now as the builder. So you have to really weigh all these things, weigh the fact that, you know, the stream of income is going to be different. The responsibility will be a lot different. The amount of knowledge you're going to have to acquire based on coming from the service to the building side is not huge, but there is a lot of specialty knowledge you need to learn if you're coming, if you're going into the building side of it from the service side. You have to develop your subcontractors. You have to find out who's good and who's bad. This may affect your first few builds. And everyone uses a lot of the same subcontractors. So you can ask anyone in the industry that's a buddy of yours that's building pools. Or you can develop your own team from people that you know. Regardless, there's a lot more work involved starting a business, building pools. There's a lot more to maintaining it. Of course, there's a lot more margin, a lot more profit. So you're going to make a lot more money. But with that comes more responsibility, more liability, more problems, more headaches. And it's something that you really have to consider before you make that leap from service to building. If you're considering that, I would just definitely go to the seminars that they offer at Long Beach. I think they offer some in Dallas. I know in Las Vegas for the international show, they have a ton of seminars for builders. Take as many as you can and see if that's something you want to get into. I know plenty of builders here that work from 5 a.m. to 7 at night, six days a week, you know, because they're just so busy with work. So also realize that your nice, easy schedule of getting home at 2 or 3 in the afternoon and working Monday through Friday is pretty much over. You're going to be doing bids at night on the weekends, and you're going to be doing a lot more work. And so consider all these aspects. You know, it's all, not always about money. It's sometimes about your life, too and the quality of your life. So consider that. But I think making the jump is logical if you wanted to go that direction. It's not hard or difficult. It's just time consuming. There's a lot of things you have to get ready and a lot of planning for it. So I would say if you're considering going from pool service to building, just know all the cons and all the pros, of course, and really invest a lot of time and thought into it. And maybe just start simply by doing startups for a builder, kind of doing some equipment installs for them, and getting your feet a little wet so you kind of know what you're getting into before you make that leap. If you're looking for other podcasts I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingforlearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I recorded. And if you're interested in a coaching program, you can learn more at poolguidecoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.